0: It's only by faith, faith that we're saved, not by doing things, which we like to think about. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembrick, and I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV. We are discovering the Bible, the world's best-selling book. It is great to be here with you. We're going to talk about this in just a few minutes. Galatians chapter three, right now. Ryan is here. Ryan, what's going on?
1: Why does Paul personify the Mosaic Law as a jail guard and a schoolmaster in Galatians 3? Well, that's the question I'm going to be attempting to answer in my segment.
0: Very good. Look forward to that. And Janice, what are you doing?
2: Well, my segment today and actually over the next seven programs is going to be shared with a very special guest you will not want to miss these next seven days.
0: It's going to be a good one. You need to stay there. All right, let's study on and open up the Word of God and learn what he said.
2: Galatians 3, 1-14 fourteen. O foolish Galatians! Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit... Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse— For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 14.
0: Galatians chapter 3 and 4, that's what we study today as we go through the Bible. We are coming up on the final book of the Bible, which is very, very interesting. Now, Paul is still writing, and Paul continues his conversation with the Galatians. He's very honest and comes across very perturbed, even angry. Paul was a very passionate man, especially in his particular letters. Emotion was never absent from Paul's letters when he would explain the way Jesus Christ gave his life to save the human race. Galatians chapter 3, Paul claims that those believers who have moved in the direction of serving the law are foolish. The only way to truly become right with God is through the confession of sin and submission to Jesus Christ. In other words, to follow him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and all of our strength. This is what the book of Galatians is all about. If we have ever questioned the way we can be saved from the ravages of hell, and learn more, and learn best how to serve the Lord, it is answered in the book of Galatians, the church of Galatia. What an amazing book. And as we begin to study this, turn your Bible guide to today's passage. And if you don't have a Bible guide, why not? You can write to us and get a hold of yours. Simply call us or write to us or go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com when you go there. I'd like to say if you click on the Bible guide, it'll take you to a website where you can make a donation. Thank you for your donations. But keep in mind that you can download it just exactly how we printed it. So it's very good. You're seconds away from joining us. And as we look at Christ is the way, help us to set our minds on this. And So, Father, today we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that we we would hear what your Spirit says to us through Paul, your servant, and words you have anointed for everybody to hear, not just the church at Galatia, but all of us, Lord. This is what we pray. and Help us to hear your words and then apply them. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' wonderful name, and we said together, Amen. Now, I, I like the way this begins, but let's read this as it's written to Galatians to us. It says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Which way? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law, or is it by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, Therefore, know that the only way of the only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Now, what's Paul saying? Did you hear it? Faith in Jesus Christ is the only way that we are reconciled to God and saved from hell. Only Jesus did all the things necessary to fulfill the law of God. He paid the cost for our sins. He is the way, and I am a Christian. I follow Jesus Christ. I've given my life to Jesus Christ, and so I am totally and completely sold out on this. And that's why Christians are so amazed at worshiping God, Jesus Christ, as our Lord. He paid the cost for our sins, and he paid the cost for your sins too, and you can know him. You know, you don't have to dial an 800 number or you don't have to go on an internet site or spend all kinds of money. Just pray. Come to know Jesus Christ where you are with what you have right now. Because God has made that way for you and for me. And he invites us to take him as Lord of our life. Very interesting. Now let's go on. Because the Bible says, and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying, in you, all the nations shall be blessed. Now, verse eight is fascinating because God promises to Abraham that this was that all the nations should be blessed through him. In other words, God told us about the church in his promise to Abraham. Now, keep this in mind. Jesus Christ invented the church. He is the one who discovered it. And he says to us, the ecclesia, the separated ones, ones called out, ones who have invited the Holy Spirit into their life and serve me. This is the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, Matthew chapter 16. And we need to understand that. And he said this to Abraham, that's what Paul said. And that's what we need to get in our hearts and our mind. Because God knew the church would happen and he understood it. And beloved, today, if we believe in Jesus Christ, we're a part of the church. It's not a building and it's not an establishment. It's the group of people who love the Lord. Let's go on to the last scripture, Galatians 3, 9, 14. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse as for it is written. Cursed is everyone who does not continue, in all the things which are in the books of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, what is Paul saying, beloved? Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law when he was hung on the cross and he killed. He was killed, gave up his life. We are freed from sin if we faithfully believe in the redemptive work of Christ on the cross. What is the redemptive work? Well, the redemptive work is simple. Jesus Christ was taken to the cross and he was violently killed by us, but three days later, he miraculously came to life in the flesh and appeared to the disciples several times. This is very important for us to understand because the resurrection is as much a part of the work of Christ as the death. And so we need to understand that the book of Romans, chapter 10, says If you believe in your heart, Christ died on the cross and rose again, then confess with your mouth, He is Lord of your life. You shall be saved and I want to encourage you today pray and say Lord I believe help me to be saved today. Hi Rod Hembry. we go through the Bible in one year it's exciting it's great and you can join us by searching Bible Discovery TV on your phone that's right on your phone your iPhone or your Android phone. And when you do so, you'll find the app. You can download the app and watch it anytime you want. Never miss a program right here on Bible Discovery TV. We'll see you there.
1: Well, it's time now to carry on with our Bible study, and I know our reading today is Galatians chapters 1 and 2, but I want to jump ahead to chapter 3, and specifically verses 23 and 24. Now in verse 23, Paul compares the law to a jail guard, and in verse 24, he calls the law a schoolmaster. At least that's the translation the King James Version gives. But to quote a popular movie from the 80s, I do not think that word means what you think it means. Check it out. In Galatians 3.23, Paul appropriately personifies the Mosaic Law as a jail guard, because just as a jailer holds people captive, Paul says that for a time, so too did God's law lock up his people as prisoners. Truly, when we read the Mosaic Law, we can see how every aspect of Jewish life was restricted, restrained, and confined by the law. It essentially did function as a jailer to lock up the Jewish people in a vast system of legal codes and regulations. It actually locked up all people everywhere under sin. But that lockup was meant to be only temporary. It lasted only until faith in Christ was revealed. Jesus came to set the captives free. Paul also personifies the Mosaic Law as a quote unquote schoolmaster in verse 24. Despite the fancy title, though, a schoolmaster was not actually the teacher, at least not in Paul's day. The English term translated as schoolmaster in the King James Bible comes from the Greek word paidagogos, from which the modern English word "pedagogue" is derived. Although this term has come to primarily refer to a teacher or educator in modern English, this Greek word literally means a trainer of boys or a child attendant, and originally referred to a slave who functioned as a guardian or tutor to their master's freeborn sons. Indeed, in ancient Hellenistic culture, a pedagogue was a trusted, often well-educated slave who was given constant supervision of a boy between the ages of 6 and 16. He was responsible for the disciplined training and the moral development of his charge, going to and from school with him and assisting with his home studies. He was also tasked with protecting the child from any bad outside influences. He was stern and severe in his discipline, and the child often yearned for the day that he would be set free from his care. This, too, is an apt illustration of the role and function of the law. Like the pedagogue, the law was a temporary guardian meant to escort us to Christ, our good teacher and savior. Contrary to Jewish orthodoxy, the law was always intended to be temporary and never intended to provide righteousness and salvation. In fact, Paul says it can't. Only Jesus Christ can and does so for those who put their faith in him and on him. As one scholar rightly concludes, under the constant discipline of the law, the Jewish people should have learned how impossible it was to keep the law. The law constantly beat them down like a stern disciplinarian, pointing out all their shortcomings and failures. The pain of this discipline was designed to teach them that they could only be declared righteous by God through faith. So, I know this was only a brief three-minute introduction to this subject, but hopefully you were able to see how Paul's personification of the law as both a jailer and a pedagogue is a great analogy of the role and function of the law. Like the jailer, the law was only meant to lock up people temporarily until Christ came. Similarly, the law, just like the pedagogue, was a temporary guardian, guiding those under it to the teacher, Jesus Christ. Like the child under the care of the guardian, those under the guidance of the law were also, in a sense, children. But once those children have matured in Christ, they are no longer under that guardian. The law was never given as a means of salvation. Rather, it was given to show the standard for God's holiness, which we could never in a million billion years attain on our own. That's why the law was meant to lead us to the only one who could attain that perfection, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Through Him and only Him, Can we be righteous before God Almighty? Yeah, it's really
0: important. He's as close as the mention of his name. And uh, you just need to remember that Jesus Christ is the Lord. He came and he died on the cross and he rose again. And when he rose again, he paid the cost of sin and made a way for you and I to come to know him. So come to know Jesus Christ today and just pray this way and say, Father, Jesus, help me. I need help my sin, I I just need help from my sin. You paid the cost by dying on the cross and miraculously you rose from the dead. I don't understand it, but I need your help today. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Now remember that when you pray that and you're serious about it, God will do his work in your life. Yeshua HaMashiach is that name, that special name, Jesus Christ, that we need to keep in mind. Ryan, also uh, Mm -hmm. we have something and this is exciting because we're near Thanksgiving. Yeah. And we have something uh, that uh, we've done here. And I, I just want to let you introduce it. Go for it.
1: Okay. All right. Well, a lot of you have been asking about things like these mugs and and uh, things like that. Well, we finally have made them available on our website. Mugs, shirts, hats, all sorts of different stuff. So go to the website and check it out. Now, I just need to do need to tell you that these are not donation-based. So these are purchases because we partnered with a third-party company uh, who has provided that service for us. So uh, check it out on the website. It's pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: it is. I like
1: that And it
2: doesn't come from our offices, whether that's in Canada or the US. It's directly shipped from this third-party company that that, that we're using, but you can take a look at it on the website. But
0: it has the logos on it and stuff. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. I'm really into this. So Mm -hmm. anyway... um, We have somebody here who I know who it is, and my dad, well, I'm going to let you introduce her, but my dad wrote that Bible or put that Bible, the the Bible together. His notes are in that Bible. Hold it up, Ryan. We don't have any of these, but we gave them all out. Uh, But this is a Bible that was put together with his notes, uh, and they were called The Life Lessons. And dad uh, went home to be with the Lord 12 years ago. And uh, we've carried on the ministry and we've been enjoying ourselves going through the Bible. But uh, it's fascinating because that has to do with the guest we have Mm -hmm. today, Janice.
2: Yes, well, I promised you that today and over the next seven days, we have a very special guest and some of you that have been watching us for a number of years actually remember who she is. And there's the first hint. It's a she. Now, Rodney, we have your sister, Robin, that's here with us today and over the next seven days. That's Ryan's Aunt Robin and my wonderful sister-in-love.
0: And she's she's down in Goodyear, Arizona. Hi,
3: Robin.
2: Hi. It's good to be here.
0: It's good (laughs) to see you. And uh, it it is great to have you here. I remember uh, growing up, a lot of things that we did together, it was really really uh, fascinating and interesting, but you really, you, you wrote this a while back. <laughs> the Bible is so cool. Don't write for them. We don't have any more left, but uh, you've just done so amazingly well on the Bible. Uh, but I, I've got to go back. We we have to ask this question. Mm-hmm. When did Jesus Christ become more than just a name to you?
3: Okay. Um, well, Actually, when I was five years old, dad, I, I, Dad, we were going, to, um, he was tucking me in for bed and I, it was a Sunday night and I had actually heard him preach. And there's something that he said that piqued my interest. And so I asked him, I said, what does it mean to have Jesus in my heart? And so he explained it to me and said, do you want to pray for that right now? So when I was five, I gave my heart to the Lord. Now there was a time, at, you know, life goes on and there was a time where I, um, in my In my teenage years, where I was not really wholeheartedly following the Lord, and so then, about I would say when I graduated high school and I was sitting in a Sunday school class, and there was again the teacher guys it's important to teach the Word of God because you never know who 's hearing, but the teacher said something that stirred my heart, and God used it, and I went home that Sunday afternoon. And I really totally committed wholeheartedly to God at that point in time. And I opened the word and uh, it fell open to Psalm 103. And so that's been my, my kind of my journey song, I guess, for when I when I started following Christ and throughout, because it talks about how, as far as the East is from the West, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. And that just spoke to me. And it was just like, from that moment on, I committed, I said, God. All right, I'm all in now. I'm going to I'm going to follow you, no strings attached. Yeah. And so that's probably when I was about nineteen years old. Nineteen.
0: Well the Psalm yep. one hundred three says bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within yep. me. Bless mm-hmm. his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities who leads or who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy, who satisfies your mouth with good things. Now this, you said this to me when I was going through a difficult time, you said, uh, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the Eagle. (laughs) That is awesome. I remember you saying that to me when I was struggling and physically with, with something Uh, that is amazing. So, you know, it's, it really is something. Now, now, let me ask you a question, uh, because you're married to Eugene mm-hmm. and you have three kids. But you're you're when did you meet Eugene?
3: OK, I met Eugene soon after that. I I, I gave you the the overview nutshell version and I'll, I'll fill in a few details. Um, when I gave my heart to the Lord, I did. I mean, when I committed wholeheartedly to him, I did say, I will follow you with no strings attached. But (laughs) I will not marry a minister. (laughs) And um, that was because just some things that was going on in my own heart. And and you know what? God understands all of that. And it was just as if he said, OK, I can work with that. So in the church that we were at, that dad, that our dad was pastoring, um, was a young man by the name of Eugene. And at that point in time, he was a carpenter. He was a carpenter's apprentice. And his plan was to become a builder of houses. That should have given me a clue. But anyway, <laughs> so when we got married, he was a carpenter. But uh, we got married about a year after that. And then, but God was working on my heart. And I remember specifically about two months into our marriage. Um, and I just was just being stirred in my heart. And so one morning he came down for breakfast and I said, Eugene, I need to speak with you. And he goes, yeah, me too. And I said, okay. So we sat down and um, I said, okay, you go first. And he goes, I think God's calling me into the ministry. And I went, oh, me too. And the rest is history. And <laughs> so that's how we got into the ministry. God mutually called us in, even though I came in a bit reluctantly, but you know what? God knows our heart And he knows what will fulfill us. And I have never regretted a single moment of it, uh, of it at all.
0: (laughs) It's interesting because you you said something that uh, really stirred me up. And that is you didn't want to go into ministry because Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go into ministry either. And isn't it interesting how preacher's kids always try to shy away or try to pull back? And (laughs) Ryan's (laughs) over his head. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a familiar story, for
3: sure.
0: And, uh, but but I, I like what you said, Robin, because you said, uh, you know, you felt like God looked at you and said, "Okay, I can work with that." And I remember when you and Eugene got married. I think you got married in Arkansas in that mansion mm-hmm. or something, didn't you?
3: Uh, yeah, that was where our reception was. We got married in the church that Dad pastored, Central Assembly.
0: Yeah, and then then we went to downtown Little Rock and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So that that was very very interesting. Well, on the next program. We'll continue on with Robin. This is kind of like family stuff.
2: It's a wonderful time.
0: But uh, we'll talk about because there's kids involved and everything else is happening now. And so it's really something. And I need to tell you about their uh, ministry now, which is on the Internet. EugeneandRobin.com. Is it dot com, Robin? Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Eugene, Eugene, spell it out. EugeneandRobin.com. Spell it out.
3: All lowercase, all lowercase, no spaces. Okay, very good. dot ncom
0: Excellent. Okay. On the next program, we'll talk about that and other things too, uh, as God has completely used them to really get involved in reaching people who are not necessarily familiar with who God is. And I just need to tell you that God is doing this around the world right now through the internet. And it's exciting. It's really amazing. Okay, let's get on to the program and begin to pray. As we continue to pray today, we've been watching the prayer request of the people who've written in, but let's pray this way on the program. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ to save me by dying on the cross and miraculously raising from the dead in the flesh. And I need you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I recommit my life to you today. Help me to be aware that this is the day when people come to the Lord.